Hello, I'm James Richardson. Well, a new season is upon us and The Athletic have big things in store on the audio front. For a start, I'll be here three times a week with the award-winning Totally Football Show featuring the likes of James Horncastle, Raphael Honigstein, Karl Anker and Rory Smith. Mark Chapman will go one better and bring you The Athletic Football Podcast four times a week powered by the cranial reserves of Adam Crafton, David Ornstein, et al. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast have had a brilliant Euros, thank you very much, and they are delighted to be returning for another full season of Women's Super League coverage. There's also eight dedicated club podcasts. There's Adam Hurry's joyous football cliché show. There's Michael Cox's insightful Athletic Football Tactics podcast. There's the Essential TIFO Football Podcast and Whisper It, a revamped football manager show too. Ooh something there for everyone. You can find all of those wherever you get your podcasts or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. to Mo Salah. Andrew Robertson for Nunez. What a brilliant finish. Liverpool claim a third trophy this calendar year. They complete Jurgen Klopp's domestic haul with a convincing win in the Community Shield. And didn't they look sharp as they earned the bragging rights over Manchester City? Salah hungry, Nunes at the heart of things. Is this the shape of things to come? Don't forget, if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, read all of the articles on Liverpool, loads of stuff on the site. Head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. And right now, there is a special price. A pound a month for six months. That's a pound a month for six months if you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. I'm Steve Hothersall with the Red Agenda. And joining me on the pod today to analyse where Jürgen got it so right in the Community Shield and look ahead to the brand new season, James Pearce and the Athletics' uh, Andy Jones. Welcome along, guys. James, I can't believe we're here. Already, this pre-season does feel abbreviated. Are Liverpool ready for it all? Yeah, I, th- I think they are, Steve. I think the proof was in the intensity and and the the pace and the tempo of that game at the King Power Stadium on on Saturday because um, it didn't feel like a, a warm-up game. It it felt like a a proper contest between. Two teams who you know have proved in the last few years that they're head and shoulders above the rest in England, and and I and I think we saw enough in ninety minutes there just to convince us further that it will be more of the same this time around. And the the really positive thing for me was I think you could see, you know, the the benefits of pre season in terms of you know that I think Liverpool had a nice balance with you know that time away in in the Far East, and you know clearly. The financial benefits that that come with a trip like that, yet Klopp having his his eight days over in Austria as well, yeah, I think probably the friendly defeat they had against Salzburg, I think it had to be put in the context of grueling double sessions every day and and then going into that game off the back of that. I think you know the pre- preparations for the Community Shield were slightly different, and the value of what they've been able to work on in pre season was there for all to see because. Um, a really high quality game in terms of the grand scheme of things it probably doesn't make a huge amount of difference I think I don't think it makes you know much difference in terms of a psychological lift going into the the season it was more just to see Liverpool function like that in all departments I think just whets your appetite for for the for the coming months 
Before that Community Shield, Andy, I don't know how many Liverpool fans said to me, yeah, it doesn't matter, we'll see how it goes, it's not an important trophy, almost a get-out clause. But then as soon as they, they'd won it, and won it in the manner they'd done, it was like, yes, Jürgen's completed his trophy haul and there's a value to this trophy. Yeah, exactly, it, it, it certainly felt like that. I mean, I was, I was in the ground part of the crowd on Saturday and, and it certainly felt like that. I think, I think the, the opposition helped because... If it's come, it's become such a battle between the two sides that it's always nice to get one over on, on uh, on City, especially considering they're there because they, you know, they won the league last season and, and just pipped Liverpool. So, yeah, I mean, and, and it's one of them. I think when you foster that winning mentality, I think every trophy that you you pick up on your sort of you know era of success, if you like, is is an important one because it's another market. It it sort of sets you up, I guess, for the season. In in this case, after what Liverpool have done last season. You want to continue that momentum. You want to continue to try and win those trophies. And I know, you know, it didn't end up in the quadruple like we hoped, but there was still the, the domestic cup success. And you want to start the, the season on the right on the on the right foot, I guess, and continue that, or at least start building that momentum heading into into the season. Yeah, the the fans looked absolutely ecstatic at Leicester. It looked a brilliant atmosphere, and it it was an experienced lineup. James, really interesting choices from from Jurgen Klopp. So. Fifth game into pre-season, Bobby Firmino's starting, Joel Matip as well. What what did you make of Jurgen's selection? Yeah, I I think that was in in his head probably as strong as he could have could have possibly gone. I think for that game, I think it's a real tight call whether you go with Matip or Canate. Obviously, unfortunately, twenty four hours later at the King at uh, at Anfield at Strasbourg, you had Canate limping off and were. We're waiting to to find out full details on that, but I think even when they're both fully fit, it's a fifty-fifty shout between Matip and and Canate, and probably the only other you know spot in the team which which is a topic of debate would be you know the the number nine position. You know, he, you know Darwin Nunes has he played enough? Has he has he kind of adapted? He had enough time to adjust to what Klopp wants from him tactically. To start him in in the Premier League, or, or do you use him as an impact sub, which is how Klopp decided to go, and it obviously worked perfectly against City because I thought I thought Firmino did well and put a proper shift in for the opening hour. So um, and then of course you know the goalkeeping situation where you know they decided not to risk Allison, but Allison we're, we're fully expecting him to be back and and fit for for Fulham at the weekend. So yeah, apart from that, it was. It was as strong as Klopp could could possibly have gone with. You know, certainly, it was his what you'd say was the first pick midfield with with Thiago and, and Henderson operating either side of Fabino. I think we've all still got that connection with Bobby Firmino, haven't we, Andy? And you know, Jurgen spoke about how good Bobby was in in the game at finding the right space, his his intelligence as well. There's been lots of speculation around him as to whether he might have have gone this summer. There was that twenty million pound link apparently with, with Juventus. But I think from what Jurgen said, there's no doubt that Bobby is still sort of fundamental to the heart of the group. Yeah, exactly. I think I think when you sort of see those those links with you know Lincoln, Firmino with a move away, but then all you need to do is just look at the way Klopp speaks about him and and how highly he regards him. And I think why Firmino's sort of really important to, in terms of Liverpool's forward group is he is that difference compared to some of the other... So you've got Nunes now, he's more of that nine. You can, you can still link up players he showed um, in the game on Saturday and he has in, in pre-season. But for me, it was sort of that, that different level of, of number nine and, and a completely different sort of proposition, the, the one who can 
you know, hold things up and, and get you get you up the pitch by, you know, just, just the simple things and, and that's what he's he's been so good at. And while he might not necessarily hit the goal scoring, you know, returns or get the goal scoring returns that you, you always want, um it that's fine when you've got other players around them doing it and he's facilitating all that. So for me, it makes no. It would make no sense, in, in my opinion, for, for Liverpool to sort of move on. I, I don't see the point. And I think when you've got because there'll be games this season where Firmino's much more suited. I think, or in that number nine role, than than Nunes might be, for example. And and even you know later on in games, bringing him off the bench and being able to have that outlet, you can hold it up and, and do what he does and, and and you know knit everything together. As long as he's at Liverpool, he'll always play. He'll always have a part to play. Last season, obviously, disrupted by the injuries and you know the form of, of others, Mane in, in that position at the second half of, of last season. But you know if Klopp Klopp still thinks he's he's absolutely superb, so I I still want him at the club. <laughs> absolutely, I mean Jurgen called him James the heart and soul of the team and said that the way Liverpool have played in recent years was only possible because of Bobby Firmino. Did, was there any truth in any of those rumours of bids for him or was there never any doubt that he was just going to stay? It was an interesting one because I think when, obviously when reports like that come out, you, you know, you, you kind of look into it and you think, well, you know, for a player that's down to the final year of his contract, you, you, you wondered whether there might have been, been something in it. But Liverpool were absolutely adamant. No, there had been no bid despite the talk of Juventus offering 20 million, they said not only there had been no bid, but even if there is, it, it won't be listened to because Firmino's going nowhere. They said that Klopp was planning for the season with him on board. I think Klopp's words publicly then then back that up as well. And um, yeah, and rightly so. I think even, I suppose if you look at it from a purely business sense, if you, you're thinking, well, you know, potentially 20 million for a player that's good, probably going to end up going for nothing next summer. But you know, the more you think about it, the more you think, well, Firmino still remains very important to Klopp. He obviously, he's no longer a nailed-on starter. You know, that probably ended really with, with Diogo Jota's impact at the club. And then, of course, you know, with Diaz and now with Nunes as well, of course, he's got a battle on his hands to, to be a regular starter. But he's a fantastic option to be able to bring off the bench and a really popular, you know, member of the squad as well that everyone, you know, staff as well, absolutely love love having around so um so no I, I don't think it would have made any sense whatsoever when you when you look at it, the overall picture to to let him go and I, and I think even you know and I think he's since come out and said he doesn't want to go anyway so that makes it kind of irrelevant but I think even if he did it's too late now anyway because you know I think it was quite telling when you know Klopp was talking about Sadio Mane and said you know he let us know early enough so we could make plans and, and be ready for it. Yet, you know, we're in August now, aren't we? So you know, it's, it, it, would be, it would be very difficult to try and go and replace him. And um, yeah, Firmino has been a, a fantastic servant for Liverpool. And if, if this is the last season of him at the club, then um, let's just enjoy every moment of him because he, he is unique, really. I don't, I don't think there's... There's not too many Bobby Firminos out there in t- terms of his skill set and, and what he offers the team. And yeah, and he's, he's still got a part to play. Imagine the scenario. A much-loved and inspirational leader has announced his intention to take a career break and you need to find someone just as tactically astute and charismatic, but perhaps without the glasses and the teeth. Well, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They've even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk. W-L-K to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This season, following your team on The Athletic is better than ever. Our brand new match blogs give you real-time updates so you'll get all the stats you need to know as they happen, from XG to XA, from progressive carries to PPDA, and so much more. You'll now get the same level of unrivaled insight from The Athletic during the 90 minutes as before and after kickoff. The Athletic's match blogs are the essential companion for everything you need to follow the game. See for yourself on The Athletic app and at theathletic.com. Let's talk a little bit of Mo Salah. Of course, you know, after he came back from the African Cup of Nations, I think we saw a second half of the season which didn't quite match the first half, Andy, last season. That was understandable. There's probably some fatigue there. He's had a break. He's immediately into things in the community shield. And if it's possible, I think we're seeing Mo Salah version five. I don't, I don't know. Can, can he go up another level this season? I mean, I hope so. I mean, if he can re- reproduce sort of the first half of the season over the course of the entire season, I mean, uh, you know, happy days. Um, but yeah, no, he, he looked on it um, from sort of the way go on Saturday, and that's what you want to see. He looks refreshed, he, and and you can you, you can always tell with with Mo. I think when when he's had that break and when he's back and he's feeling he's ready to go and ready to you know to kick, to kick off and and get stuck in, and 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 that that was exactly what you saw on on Saturday and. Even though it's it's still you know pre season, I guess that the energy levels and his you know Stevitt in the bottom was exactly what you want to see heading into the first game of the season. You know, his, the way he was trying to take everyone on, and, and you know his, his vision is still there. You, you see the you know his part to play in, in the third goal for, for Nunes and with the you know the ball over to, to Robertson in the first place, and you know all those all those facets of the game that you can sort of forget when you just look at his goals when he's firing on all cylinders, which he looked like he was on on Saturday then. You know, he looks like he's you know he's gonna hit hit the Premier League like he did at the start of last season and, and just be straight on it from from minute one and, and that's what Liverpool need because when you've got that this sort of block before the World Cup, you know you want to be going into into that that break in, in November in a strong position as possible and and you're gonna need especially with with Nunes settling you haven't got you know Mane sort of guaranteed supply of goals as well with you know can Lewis Diaz step up question mark in terms of his you know his goal contributions, even though we, we know his all round game is is certainly up there. You know, can he fill that money void? Can Nunes fill that money void? And you know, you also need, if you can put your hat on Salah, making sure he's he's definitely going to be among the goals. Then then that's certainly very helpful. Yeah, and and he was very much at the heart of the assists last season, wasn't he, James? He was um, he was what top in the Premier League. You wonder whether the connection with Nunes might lead to even more of that. For Mo Salah, you know, brilliant runs we saw from him in the first half of the Community Shield. The assist for Trent as well. What's your prediction for for this season and how he might link up with Darwin? Yeah, I think that's that's going to be intriguing, isn't it? I see how that understanding and communication between them them grows. I I, I thought he was absolutely electric against City on on Saturday and. 
kind of, I think, because obviously, you know, I think the narrative was always going to be Haaland against Nunes, wasn't it? I think um, it kind of went under the radar a bit, just how good Salah was. And I think, having watched him throughout pre-season, having been over in the Far East, he looks like a weight's been lifted off his shoulders, really. I think with that contract situation having been sorted, I think I think there was a whole load of factors that contributed towards the goals drying up for him a bit in the second half of last season, of course, with you know the disappointments he suffered with, with Egypt in, in AFCON and in the World Cup playoff, and then just the sheer amount of football I think he'd played and mental and, and physical fatigue. And I think he probably got sick as well of all you know, all the talk about, you know, Willie won't he sign and, you know, feeling like didn't feel as if he had a, a deal or an offer on the table that that really, you know, recognised his status in world football. And then of course you know, mid to late June, that all changed. And and I think you can see that, you know, how happy he is. And, and he's certainly developed, you know, massively, hasn't he, in, in terms of his time at Liverpool into so much more of a of a team player. And, you know, obviously played a big part on the weekend, didn't he? It was his layoff that led to Trent opening the scoring. And he just caused City problems absolutely th- throughout. Yeah, there's been you know, good good early signs of, of him and him and Nunes and... Yeah, really looking forward to seeing how that develops. Because, of course, James, at the end of last season, there was a few interviews where he was quite open about things, which was nice to see from Mo. But what, in one of them, he revealed his, that he had targets for the season, goal targets. Now, he doesn't do that many interviews, so I'm sure in the next few weeks he might do one on TV. He's going to get asked again, isn't he? What's your goal target for this season? What, what would be the expectation, Jay? Oh, well, I think, I think for someone of his calibre, he'll, he'll certainly be thinking 30 it like in it across all all comps you know no no doubt whatsoever and you, and you and you look at him and you look at his output across his time at Liverpool and he's showing he's showing no signs of slowing down is he you know obviously just gone past his his 30th birthday so yeah it, it is going to be interesting to see you know how that dynamic does change in the forward line because obviously Sadio Mane was an integral part of it for for so so long, wasn't he? And, and and the style will change somewhat. I think we've seen elements of that already. With you know Darwin Nunez's skill set is obviously very very different. But I think um, yeah, I, I I I think Salah will really enjoy it. I think this the next stage in the evolution really of Klopp's team with Nunez. I think you know with his ability to to run in behind and to occupy defenders and. And to give Liverpool that kind of different dimension, I think as well with his aerial threat that we saw against City on the weekend, I think I think that may well help Salah because um, any distractions in terms of keeping other you know defenders having to focus more on someone like Nunes can that should play into Salah's hands in terms of his ability to to wreak havoc. So um, so yeah, I think you know, obviously Liverpool have paid a huge amount of money for Nunes, but you know in my eyes. Salah is still he's still the main man. I don't I don't see that changing. Yeah, it's hard to overshadow him, isn't it? What about the celebrations in the in the King Power for Nunez's um, goal, Andy? Celebration, not least from the player himself. And I think when he's got an Anfield this season, I don't think we can wait for that sort of thing because he looked, I don't know, full of fire, didn't he? Yeah, you can tell he enjoyed it, and even even in the celebrations afterwards. And I think <laughs> he got a little bit of stick, I think, from from opposition supporters as. As is natural of, of how we celebrated the the community shield because it's not that important. But for him, I mean, that's his first you know proper trophy as a Liverpool player, and you know he's got every right to celebrate it like that. And you know, I was I was delighted to see him score. And I think 
to score in you know that that first compet that first competitive goal means a lot you know a lot um, and he obviously you know he hit the back of the net in pre-season scored the four in 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 the friendly against against Leipzig but to get that first one in, and it's a mean a lot as well because you know at, the, at that point the game was still poised you know extra time there was still a, you know a fair few minutes to go and you know you, you would have expected City to have you know create as they did create another opportunity so so for him to you know to get there and after having a couple of chances earlier in the game that he didn't quite take the celebration Anfield I fully expect him to end up in the stand to be honest the way the way he celebrated um, he might need to. Um, might need to, to teach him about not taking the top off, otherwise he might accumulate a few yellow cards. A bit like for me, you know, when he <laughs> um, when he first arrived and, and seemed to always like to take the top off. But yeah, no, that you could see it in, in the expression and, and you know the you know the chance for him before and, and after the goal and you know it was a real important moment I think for for any player to have when you scored that first goal in front of you know the supporters and especially as, as I said in in that type of you know the type of goal he scored that poacher's finish and. To get him off the mark and, and competitively, it's that's all you can ask for in, in you know what it was his, you know his debut technically for Liverpool. Can't wait to see more of him. Right, let's shift on a day Sunday and a very young Liverpool side up against uh, Strasbourg, effectively a youth team. James wasn't it? Eighteens in the starting eleven. He did have the likes of Carvalho in there as well. Harvey, what what was to be gained from it? I mean, probably not as much as Klopp and Pep Linders probably thought that there would be to be gained when when the game was organised, I think. I think the thinking behind it would have been, well, you have a a double header on that final weekend of pre-season because, you know, I think the the anticipation would have been that a lot of senior players who who didn't play in the Community Shield would need minutes. Now, I I just think the situation with with the injuries more than anything had just shifted that, hadn't they, to the point where, you know, effectively Liverpool were putting out you know, what was it, eight teenagers plus Milner, Canate and Gomez against a full-strength Strasbourg team who who looked like they were ready to, to face the best Liverpool could could have put out. So it was a bit of a mismatch. I think certainly physically it was a mismatch. And yeah, a few sloppy errors first half were pretty ruthlessly punished. But I, I think it still served a purpose for a lot of the youngsters, just more in terms of just having that experience of playing in front of a full house at Anfield, you know, I was there and you know it was brilliant to see so many kids and so many families there for a game like that. And yeah, there was there was still some positives. I think the, the game was actually pretty even, considering that Liverpool were three 0 down after twenty five minutes. They could have just caved in, but they didn't. They did they did fight back really well and they gave as good as they got for the last 60, 65 minutes. And, you know, Carvalho again, some lovely moments from him. Harvey Elliott, I think probably those two have, have been, probably if you were talking about players who have really advanced their claims in pre-season, you know, they would be absolutely right up there. The same with um, Stefan Bacetic, the you know, the young academy midfielder who, you know, I think now is at a point where you certainly wouldn't have any concerns about throwing him into a, one of the early rounds of the League Cup. I mean, it wasn't, you know, obviously much of a contest, but it was, I think, I think it was good for those young players, people like, you know, Bobby Clark and, and Luke Chambers to, to, to be a part of something like that. You know, the only downside was, you know, the fact that Ibrahim Kanate went off after taking a whack to the knee and we're waiting for, for news of, of his scan. Um, you know, Klopp did play it down afterwards, said he didn't, they didn't think it was anything to be too worried about. 
And then he also revealed that Curtis Jones had, 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 was going to need a scan as well because he'd, he'd picked up a problem in the closing stages after coming on against City the day before. And so, yeah, a few, a few concerns there. But, um, but yeah, obviously, when you, when you look at the names on that team sheet, it was um, you know, understandable that it, it, that it wasn't a, a positive result to sign things off for pre-season. There seems to be a few more injury concerns than other pre-seasons, Andy. Obviously, you've got Alisson, who's, who's got a problem. Naby Keita wasn't involved in the last couple of games, was he? Curtis, James Mesher, Ibrahim Akanate as well. Diogo Jota. A few key names there. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's never, you know, the idea of preparation. You, you never want to sort of... Because you want as many of... Of your of your players going into the season, whether they're gonna feature in that first you know couple of games or not, sort of you know peaking or getting to the level you want them to, and and the injuries, especially in preseason, can be you know significant setback, especially when at, at the end of preseason when you've sort of gone through all the hard work and then then you you sort of miss that. So like for you know Canate and, and Jones, hopefully fingers crossed they're not too bad, but you know yeah it, it's it's been difficult and you you could see from that lineup that was put out because as james said you, you know you would have seen a number of them you would imagine um you know a feature you know Simikash, you know even uh ramsey you you know still you know coming back keller has another one who's you know they are sort of piling up when you when you actually go through it and and it's it's weird because you see the the lineup that they put out against city and how strong it was and then but then you actually then go through the injury list and in a way, it's great because you see the the depth that, that Liverpool have got, you know, across the squad. Um, but equally, you know, you want those players available, and it's the frustration, and, and these things can happen in pre-season. Unfortunately, it's you know, it's more than than you would want, and it more than you know seems to have been the case in, in previous years, which you know is frustrating, and you know it it'll just mean, I guess that that you know the medical departments will need to manage those who are fit currently, you know, even even more carefully just to make sure that you know that that list doesn't get any longer so the problem with last season James is that the expectations for this season are already pretty high aren't they so um if they're not in three competitions by March we'll all be going ah oh, why could you not repeat that again season's virtually here isn't it um and they do go in as very much one of the favorites you know many people's favorites to win the league yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think I think that's that's right. There, that is the expectation levels have have been dramatically transformed, haven't they? I think over the course of of Klopp's reign, you you know you think back to it wasn't that long ago that Liverpool went into a season and it was you know it was top four. You know they've got to get top four. You know, you know anything else would be a bonus. And then now you're at a point now where it's like, well, you know, not only do we expect them to to, to win silverware but we want them to to do what they just fell short of last season which is win one of the one of the big ones and um i think certainly the premier league title has to be the priority i think um when, when you think you know in what was it twice in the last four seasons liverpool have missed out by by a single point and of course the year when they did it end that 30 year drought you know they were denied the kind of the real trappings that that should come from such an amazing achievement due to the pandemic. I think that's a, a source of massive, massive motivation for for the players and the staff. And, it, and it's going to be a really interesting season because it has things have changed. You know, the dynamic has shifted with you know no Sadio Mane with you know Darwin Nunes. You know that that really has lit the the, the touch paper. Really, you know that the, his impact in the Community Shield. 
And then, you know, I think as we saw from City, as good as City are, you know, I, I think it will take some time for Haaland to, to settle into that that team and Guardiola's style of play. I, I don't think it was ever realistic to think that, you know, you, you just throw someone, you know, even someone as gifted as Haaland and it just immediately clicks. So it's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a really, really interesting season and you know we know with City and Liverpool don't we that the margin for error is just so so small when you think Liverpool only lost two games in the whole of last season you know and that wasn't enough to win the league I remember it you know it doesn't seem that long ago you talk about you probably can't lose four or five in a season you know if you if you want to win the league and you know we've gone haven't we from talking about you know 80 80 85 points to to now you know into the 90s you know, mid to mid to high nineties. If you want to win it, so I think when if you were being ultra critical of last season, which is difficult because what Liverpool did was was sensational. To you know, no team had ever sustained a challenge for the quadruple into May. But when you look at those games against the other top teams, you know, Liverpool didn't beat a top four team in the league last season. I think it was it was it six draws. I think in the if you were looking at that mini league and 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 of course in the you know, in the in the, the the three cup finals, not not scoring in in normal time, and I th- and I think that's probably where we've seen it already in pre season in terms of you know that there, there's been a deliberate shift, hasn't there, in terms of I think Nunes gives Liverpool the ability to hurt teams in different ways, and 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 Klopp always talks about wanting Liverpool to be unpredictable, and and how he hates the idea of you know opponents doing their analysis and, and knowing exactly what they're going to expect from Liverpool. And um, I, I think he's probably in a position now where he can, they, they probably have got more of an element of surprise, especially when you've got Jota fit as well. When you look at all the different combinations he could throw at teams up there. So yeah, just really looking forward to seeing how it all, uh, how it all unravels. And I think they've got a pretty favourable start. I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, the last three season openers, Andy, you know, they've scored three, four, six goals. So, you know, they they like to start very hungry. They're playing a, a Fulham side, of course, who were imperious in the championship last season. I think they they scored 11, seven past Luton the last time they played at Craven Cottage. It's going to be a very different test for them in the Premier League. Liverpool do like to dominate from day one. Yeah, and then you you read those score lines out there, and it's you know another one of them would be be more than welcome, I think. But yeah, that I mean, and you can see that in the community here. It felt like a tune up, and it felt like the players were were pretty much there in terms of you know it wasn't a case of still figuring a few things out. I'd be you know you wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise if that lineup is exactly maybe the well the, other other than the goalkeeper that that turns up at, at Craven Cottage, and it's always difficult against relegated. Try to promote the sides because you just never quite know, you know, especially when they're being at home and you know that that crowd back in and first Premier League game and all that type of stuff. But it doesn't sound from you know from lo- lo- reading a couple of you know our colleagues' work at the Athletic it doesn't sound like it's been the um, the smoothest summer for Fulham so far, and they don't seem to have you know recruited or sort of certainly strengthened to the to the levels that Marco Silva wanted and. You know, it is a big leap from from the Premier League, from the Championship to the Premier League. Fulham know that themselves, and in, in the last time they came up, but um, you know they've they've certainly got threats. They've got good players. Um, obviously, Mitrovic is you know coming off the back of a, you know quite phenomenal season. Um, Liverpool know Harry Wilson very well, so they they're going to have the threats. And you know, Craven Cottage is one of those grounds, and you know that tight pitch that you know it just all feels very compact. And and you know when when Fulham 
you know, were, were on the front foot as Liverpool found that a couple of seasons ago. I think when they went there and drew one-one, and it was a, it was a tricky game, and you know that it was that type of feel to it, and that that's that's the feeling you can't have. And Liverpool have generally sort of come out of you know of Craven Cottage with not you know not convincing wins. There've been a couple of you know going back a number of you know years. So you know, but equally Liverpool will want to lay down a marker and they'll want to make sure that they you know you know stamp their authority on that first game and make sure there's no you know because one thing that Liverpool did have last you know last season was a couple of those early slip ups I guess and you know dropping points in those first few months that you know shouldn't have been dropped when when you look back at them I imagine they'll want to make sure that there's there's no no signs of that happening so they'll be strong and you expect them to just hopefully pick up exactly where they left off you know at the end of the community shield the journey starts here. There's tons of great stuff on The Athletic at the moment. The evolution of Liverpool's Darwin Nunes, uh, that's on there now. Jack Lang's written about that. Obviously, the very latest on Ibrahim Canate from James. Uh, piece coming up this week as well, which Andy's done on Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott as well and what sort of tune they might play in the uh, Liverpool side this season. So make sure uh, you follow those stories on The Athletic. Special price right now, pound a month for six months at theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. My thanks for listening to the Red Agenda. Thank you to James and to Andy. And we'll catch up with you next week after the first Premier League game of the season. See you then.